We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, America. How are you? Welcome to the financial physician, Lou Scatigna here. So good to be with you on this June Monday morning. Hopefully you enjoyed your weekend and As usual, we get together every Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. on the West Coast to talk about money, to talk about markets, and to talk about politics because they all go together. And if you want to join us on the program with a question or comment, 866-472-5788 is the call number. So where should we start today? Wow, there's so much news. Last week was a big news week as far as the scandals in Washington goes. And let me tell you, this is getting weirder and weirder and scarier and scary, as it was announced on, uh, I think, Thursday or Friday, that the United States is secretly collecting records of Verizon's phone calls. And apparently, um, the Obama administration is secretly carrying out a domestic surveillance program. And it's collecting uh, uh, phone calls, every phone call you make. Now, this is says Verizon right now. My, my, my guess is it's probably AT&T and the other providers as well. And they're keeping a record of every phone call made in the United States. Who you called, or at least the phone number you called, how long you talked on the phone, and how often you called the person. So every phone call you've made, if you're a Verizon customer, the government knows about it. And that's not all. As it turns out, uh, on Friday it was announced that not only are our phone calls being looked at, but our internet sites, Facebook, Google, and it is just quite uh, a chilling uh, event. Now, I knew that you know the NSA, the National Security Agency, obviously did a lot of this kind of stuff, but it's only now becoming apparent the uh, extent of it. And all Americans should be chilled by this. And uh, the individual who was responsible for for um, leaking this information about this surveillance nation that we've become. Uh, this guy's name is Edward Snowdown. Uh, Snowden. He's a 29-year-old uh, former technical assistant for the CIA, and he's an employee of um, a contractor called Booz Allen Hamilton, which is the large 
a large security firm that the CIA and the NSA has used in the past, and he worked for it. And he had the ability uh, to see what was going on here and actually do it. So he decided that it was in the best interest of the world uh, to basically out this program. And he's been on TV now. He was interviewed secretly by the, I think it was the BBC, uh, actually the Guardian uh, newspaper in, in London. And, and he's saying basically he did it to save democracy, that he can't believe the extent of the surveillance of not only Americans, but people all around the world. And this should really scare every single American. And I can't believe it's happening. I really can't believe to the extent that it's happening. And a week doesn't go by that we don't find out that the IRS is targeting people, that uh, news organizations are being tapped and surveilled. Reporters are now being listened to. And now we find out that every American's phone calls, every website you go to has been logged. Everything you've downloaded, your credit card information, every time you've used your credit card, the government knows about it. What store you were in. And this, this is chilling on so many fronts. This is exactly the world that George Orwell wrote about in his book 1984. It's exactly a Big Brother. This is Big Brother watching you. And those of you who are not familiar with George Orwell's 1984, you should go and get it and read it. Uh, it's $8, I think. Uh, you could download it on your your your, um, your Kindle for, I think, $8 and change, $8.23. If you want the hard copy, it's eleven eighty seven. Spend the money and get it and read it, and you'll be shocked. Now, this book was published in 1949, uh, and it was a futuristic uh, novel about what something would happen in the future. And he used the year 1984, so he was off by 30 years. What's the big deal? But everything he talked about in that book is coming true right now in front of us. It's a nightmare vision of a totalitarian, bureaucratic world. And he talks about television, how ubiquitous it's going to be in our lives, and it is. He talks about the distortion of language, how black is white and white is black, and how you can use language to manipulate and distort truth. And again, it, it's been required reading you know, for students in school. I don't know if they still read it or not, but it's absolutely I, – I bought it again. I had lost my, um, my copy, and I bought it again last year, and I read it again. And I hadn't read it since high school, and it was just uh, eye-opening. And most of you probably read – you know, you're older people. You probably read it in high school and haven't read it since, and I highly recommend you read it because you're living in that world right now. The government now has – our health information, which is only going to get worse as Obamacare clicks in, certainly has our tax information, has our credit card information, has our checking account information, knows about all of our phone calls, and of course they're not listening in. They're just seeing you know, who you call and how long you talk to them, how many times you call them, but they're not going to listen. What's the use of having all this information if you're not going to listen in on it? They know your location. Do you know how many day, how many times a day that we are photographed? Try to be aware of it. Take one day and be highly aware of how many times you're recorded. Every store you go into, you're recorded. Every bank you go into, you're recorded. 
And even private businesses have cameras all over the place in parking lots. The government knows where you are. And they have so much information on you. They know your internet traffic. They know exactly every website you've gone to. Now, why is that important? Because if you're going to websites, say conservative websites that are um, obviously uh, the opposite of what this administration believes should be in this country, uh, they could see the websites that you go to and you frequent. Do you go to the conservative website like I do, freerepublic.com? What does that mean? Does that make you an extremist? Does that make you a terrorist? Does that make you a dissident? Does that make you a political adversary that needs to be dealt with, either through an IRS audit or some other intimidating tactic by the government? Or how about this? What if you've gone to porn sites? You've gone to pornography sites. Obviously, many people do. I mean, billions of, uh, they make billions of dollars, right? Could they be used as leverage on you to blackmail you? So we're, we're, we're surveilled every single day. Do you have a blog like I do? I'm sure they know about that. Do you have a radio show? The last four years, I've been national radio. I've been on, on XM Satellite Radio talking about this stuff. I am a conservative. I am not a fan of this president nor of this government. And I've made it clear on my blog and on my radio shows and my national radio show. And this radio show as well. What does that mean? Am I in a certain list? Am I going to get audited? Or am I going to get a phone call that says we have this, 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 and this on you? And you got to stop. So the ramifications of all of this is huge. And you got to keep in mind here that um, that everything is archived somewhere. Here's another thing: uh, we all have this, uh, especially here in the Northeast. I don't know about the rest of the country, but you have something similar to it. We have something called Easy Pass. Easy Pass allows you to go through tolls without having to stop and pay somebody cash. You have an account; it's debited. You don't think the government knows everywhere you've been with your car, every Easy Pass you've gone through? By the way, uh, guys and women, that's the easiest way to get busted if you're cheating on your wife. First thing uh, a private eye will do is get your Easy Pass records. And I know I have a friend of mine who uh, got busted that way. Every Thursday, he got off at the same exit, you know, the 30 minutes from his house to meet his girlfriend. And it didn't take long before the private eye was able to find out exactly what he was doing. So again, this is all surveillance. Individual freedom and individual privacy is gone in America. And uh, it's not coming back. We've passed, we've gone too far. We've passed uh, the point of no return at this point. Unless the people really rise up and say, this enough is enough of this. But it's been going on, obviously, for some time, they say, and uh, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Now, what would our founding fathers say about this? They would be aghast. They would not believe how close we are to tyranny and totalitarianism in the United States of America. With the power in the hands of the executive branch, the president, who could basically, and is doing it, uh, is slapping down his adversaries and people disagree with him. Now, they'll say it's all for the greater good. It's all to protect us against terrorism and 
folks that'll do us harm. I like the way Obama always uses the words folks to talk about terrorism as folks. Folks. What's, folks is supposed to be uh, – that's a term for nice people. People are just everyday folks. But according to Obama, terrorism is our, uh, terrorists are folks. But terrorism is rare. It doesn't happen that often. Think about it. How many terrorist attacks have we had in the United States since 9-11? One, the Boston Massacre thing and the Hassan thing in Fort Hood. But do we want to give up all of our liberties for total security? Are you fully secure where you have no privacy? And you're not secure without liberty, in my opinion. So here we are in an authoritative, totalitarian state. That's where we are right now. And the average American doesn't seem to care. And it's amazing It's amazing to me that members in Congress, both Republicans, high up uh, Republicans and Democrats, are trying to justify this. And that's scary, too, that the Congress is trying to justify this, as is the president. And in my opinion, there's no reason, there's no justification for us to have all this information taken from us and stored in archives somewhere to be used against us in the future. And, and make no mistake about it, that's what it's for. This isn't to catch terrorists. You have to monitor 300 million people in the United States to try to catch terrorists. Uh, how about monitoring overseas calls, things like that? But not this. Uh, more on this after the break. Our phone number 866-472-5788. You're listening to The Financial Physician. My name is Lou Scatigna. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5788. Once again, here's Lou. All right, welcome back. 866-472-5788 is our call number if you want to participate in the program. We opened up the show talking about 
the surveillance state that we live in now, the police state, the authoritarian state, the totalitarian state that is now the United States of America, or we should call it the United Police State of America, because that's where we are. Everything we do now, it's been revealed, is being stored and archived. Everything we do, our phone calls, the places we visit on the internet, the credit card transactions that we do, our taxes, of course, our health information, all this stuff the government has. And it's been revealed last, last week through uh, some, some, some whistleblowers. The government calls them leakers. It's amazing now how the whole story is about how bad this guy is for leaking this information. That's what they want you to talk about, how bad it is that our national secrets are being leaked. Not that they're doing something that's totally unconstitutional to us. That's the big story here. Now, the scandals here in this administration, I mean, it's just, it just one after the other, after the other, after the other. And we've only touched the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure of that. And it just, you know, it just makes your head spin. There's so many scandals now. Each one of them is so small because the totalitarian of all of them just blows it away. We had the Mangazi thing. We had the IRS scandal. We had the, uh, the tapping of reporters' phones. The Associated Press, Fox News, and I'm sure there's many others. Again, we don't know all the information because the administration stonewalls it and doesn't release any information, drags their feet, obfuscates, and doesn't tell us the truth. It's that simple. And I've been thinking about it all weekend. I mean, it's really, really upsetting that this is where we've come in America. And it's totally unconstitutional. We're in a post-constitutional America right now. The Constitution no longer means anything. It's been shredded. And all I know, it's scary. You can't believe anything the government tells you anymore. Whether it's daily press briefings from the White House. I'd like to be this guy Carney. They send you out there every day to lie. And Daryl Issa called him the, the, the paid liar. How would you like that to be your reputation? You have to go out and, 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 and go out there and just tell lies every day. And get caught up in them all the time. And having to defend yourself and your president. I would resign if I was him, but, you know, I'm not him. Let's talk about government um, economic statistics that come out. I don't trust any one of them, and I haven't for years. Not just this president, Bush and Clinton as well. These are manufactured numbers, always slanted to make the administration look better than it really is. And on Friday, the, the, the jobs report came out for May. The first uh, Friday of every month, they released the previous month's jobs report. The jobs report consists of two things, two main things. It consists on how many non-farm payroll jobs were created or lost and the unemployment rate. Now, the unemployment rate went up in May from 7.5 to 7.6%. Now, the government's saying, well, the reason why it went up a little bit is because so many people are now optimistic about the economy and are out there looking for jobs. Well, that wasn't the case the month before. So the unemployment rate going up is good news, according to this administration. And it was good news when it was going down. But the reason it was going down was because people weren't looking for jobs. They were leaving the workforce. Anyway, uh, Friday's jobs, number 7.6% uptick in um, uh, unemployment rate. Uh, but the government created, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 175,000 new jobs. Now, 
I always thought this is probably the most fudged economic number there is. And it, it's the most important one because the stock market and, and markets in general wait for this number. It's the biggest number of the month. But meanwhile, it's the most fudged. So how can you give it any credibility? I mean, the economy has been, at best, growing at 1%. At best, that's, if that's the case. And it's not producing quality jobs. Now, 175,000 jobs is anemic job growth. It is not good. And that's the thing. You know, the average guy in the street, oh, 175,000 jobs are created. That's amazing. That's in a 300 million person country. So it's not a lot of jobs. As a matter of fact, we need 150,000 jobs a month just to keep pace with the growing workforce. People who are coming into the workforce, they're becoming age of maturity, they're moving into the country, they're graduating from college, whatever it is. We need 150,000 jobs just to say level. So 175,000 jobs, if they were indeed created, is not great job growth. But of course, everybody came out and said uh, how great it was, the economy's growing, see, uh, I told you so, and the uh, stock market took off, was up 200 points on Friday on this news, gold was slammed, as it usually is on the monthly jobs report, regardless of what the number is, and everybody was happy because of this. Now, if we look deeper into this jobs report, you know, you always have to look under the hood of this stuff and see, you know, what's really in it. Um, it's pure fantasy, it really is. Manufacturing jobs, you know, good, you know, where you actually produce something, declined by 4,000 jobs. And it's been declining for years. We know that. Those jobs have been going overseas to China and other places. But the new economy, which is service-oriented, created 179,000 jobs, and that's how we get the net 175,000 jobs created in May. Now, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS, I call it BS for short, uh, the jobs created are the usually lowly paid service jobs that create nothing to be exported. And it's important to have exportable domestic jobs where you create something and sell it to the world. Why? Because that affects our trade deficit. The more we sell to the world, more money comes into our country. The more we buy from the world, the less money that goes out of our country into the coffers of other countries like China. So these jobs are lowly service jobs. They have very little in the way of benefits. They pay very low salaries. And they do nothing to grow the economy and to deal with our trade deficit. So according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, these are the jobs that were created. And, and these are the jobs you would find in a third world country. Retail. Retail service accounts for 27,700 of the jobs. Working in Walmart. That's what that means. Ambulatory health care services. 15,300 of the jobs. Waitresses and bartenders. 38,100 of the jobs. Now, every month, waitresses and bartenders, uh, there's, there's 30,000, 40,000 jobs created. Every single month. Now, the economy is not growing. So where are all these, why do we need all these bartenders and, uh, and waitresses? Amusements, gambling, and recreation, 12,500 jobs. Temporary help services, 25,600 jobs. You get the picture here. These are not good jobs. Uh, let's see here. Um, and this is the reason why the jobs are what they are, is because the good jobs have been exported. Wall Street put pressure on public companies to get their profits up or be taken over. So what did these companies do? They, they basically brought these manufacturing jobs overseas where there's a very cheap workforce 
very educated and, and, and uh, available, like in China. And uh, because they did that, the jobs left in America here are low-paying, no-benefits, service jobs. And real median income in this country has been declining for the last 10 years. So why is 38,000 um, more waitresses and bartenders needed? I don't get it. So again, how do you know, make up these numbers? I don't know. I mean, where they get them from, nobody knows, seems to know exactly. And then they have the birth-death model where they add jobs based on whatever they believe is businesses that were created, small businesses, and who they hired. And again, that number is pulled right out of the thin air to make it look better. And I don't know what the birth-death uh, model is in this. So that's where we are as far as jobs in America. And again, it doesn't matter what the news comes out. It's always spun positively by the administration and the media. And uh, the stock market really liked it. And this is true of the GDP when it comes out. That's manufactured as well. That That is not accurate. Nor are there any other jobs number that comes out. The initial claims for unemployment, they're always adjusted. Retail sales, all this stuff. I don't trust anything. And you got to take it with a grain of salt every time they come out with a new uh, economic number. This number is true, though. This is one you will believe, uh, and I don't think they underestimated this. Uh, a record 72,600,000 people were enrolled in Medicaid in uh, 2012, at least for one month. And that's a record number. And that is equal to, actually it's more, it's about 7 million people more than the entire population of France. So think about the whole country of France on Medicaid. Well, actually, they are because they have socialized medicine there. Uh, also, it is 9 million more people on Medicaid than live in the United Kingdom. In fact, if Medicaid was a country rather than a U.S. government program, it would be the 20th most populous nation in the world, ranking just ahead of Thailand, which had 67 million people in 2012. That's how many people are now on government-assisted welfare and uh, called Medicaid. Also, we have a record number of people now on Social Security disability. Why? They can't find jobs. They make believe they hurt their back, their knee, and they go through the process, and now they collect a Social Security check for life. How many of these people are actually disabled, really disabled, they can't find a job? If I had to guess, I would say 50%. The rest are taking advantage of the system, and the government's allowing them to do so. So the amount of people now collecting checks from the government in some form, food stamps, record number on food stamps, record number on Medicaid, record number on disability social security, that is not the sign of a healthy economy or a healthy country. But meanwhile, you have the stock market hitting record highs. Everything's great out there. Well, I guess it's great out there if you're rich enough to have a stock portfolio. You're doing well. And we mentioned that last week. You know, The upper income people, they're doing really well. They have great jobs with benefits. They get nice bonuses. They get stock options. They have a stock portfolio, most of them do, that are going up. And they're doing really well when the rest of America is struggling. And that's what's really happening in the economy right now. We are stagnant. The rich are getting richer. The poor are getting poorer. And the middle class is disappearing. All right, we'll take another break. 866-472-5788 is our call number. You're listening to The Financial Position. I'm loose. Good thing that I'm 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune into Around the World in a Glass, presented by Sportsman's. We're a show all about wine, spirits, and other beverages. Your host, Kimber Stonehouse, is a professional expert and wine enthusiast. Each week, we'll focus on a different region of the world, discuss wines and other beverages, talk about some of the top restaurants in the region, and what to pair with which wine. Just listening could make you almost an expert. Around the World in a Glass is heard live every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luce Katigna? Call him now at 1-866-472-5788. Or email the show. Here's the address. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. Right, my email address is lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails, and I, I try to answer each and every one of them. You just got to give me a little time to get to you because I do get a lot of emails each day, uh, most of them junk, as most of us get. But uh, nonetheless, I will try to answer your emails. I appreciate your input on the program, or if you have a specific uh, financial um, question, I'm happy to answer that um, uh, at lou at thefinancialphysician.com. And also my, um, my website, thefinancialphysician.com. .com. Please join me at that website. Uh, we archive all the radio shows there. We um, have a daily blog and uh, put all kinds of information on that blog. That blog is something that you want to you know visit each and every day because you're going to read about stuff and see stuff there that you're not going to read in the mainstream media. It's not reported to you. Okay, Financial information, things that affect your financial life and your life in general uh, on my blog at thefinancialphysician.com. And lastly, uh, there's three legs to the stool. And lastly, Got to get a copy of the book, The Financial Physician, How to Cure Your Money Problems and Boost Your Financial Health. Uh, the book came out um, late 2009, uh, and it is about uh, the mistakes that we make financially, uh, the, the 20 most common financial symptoms, if you will, uh, on financial, uh, the reason why pe- people fail financially. And we talk about everything there. Failure to do estate planning properly, failure to do tax planning, buying homes wrong, buying cars wrong. We tell you the right way to do these things. So you could build net worth. Now, the average American doesn't have nothing, really. Doesn't have $10,000. More than half Americans are basically broke right now. And you can't let yourself get there. I mean, there's a reason why people are broke, because they have not followed proper, responsible financial management. 
They bought McMansions. They bought new cars every three years. They used their credit card anytime they wanted something. And now they're broke. They have no retirement savings, no college savings, no emergency fund, and are basically uh, a paycheck away from being doomed. And the book talks about these things, how to avoid that. It's very simple. Very simple to be financially successful. It really is. It's not that complicated. And the book is written in a way that's easy to read. It's not your typical financial book. And the feedback we've gotten uh, is that the book itself um, is easy to read and easy to follow. And uh, people like it. Now, how many are really actually following what I tell them to do in there? We'll see. We'll see. But this is after 30 years being a financial advisor, 14 years being a personal finance uh, radio talk show host, and I've distilled it down to this. And I've wanted to do it all my life, and I'm very pleased with the way it came out. So you can get that uh, at Amazon.com. I, you know, the price changes daily. I think it's like $10 or $11. It's very, very cheap. If you want to get a signed copy, uh, uh, get in touch with me, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com, and I'll arrange to, to get you um, uh, an autographed copy of the book. That's the financial physician, how to cure your money problems and boost your financial health. Now, of course, when people don't have good financial situations, many times, uh, unfortunately, they commit suicide. And what we're seeing now is very depressing. More Americans now are committing suicide than during the Great Depression. And that, that, that's, that's pretty scary stuff. And what happens, basically, is the suicide rate rises and falls with the state of the economy. And that goes all the way back to the Great Depression. And during the Great Depression, uh, we saw the largest increase in the suicide rate uh, where it surged from 18 people in 100,000 to 22 people in 100,000 committing suicide. But right now, about 35,000 Americans kill themselves each year. And many of, it, many of the reasons are, are economic. You've lost your job, you lost your house, and you lost your hope. 35,000 Americans kill themselves each year, and more American soldiers die of suicide than combat. The number of veterans committing suicide is astronomical, and it's underreported. So you're um, 2,059 times more likely to kill yourself than die at the hand of a terrorist. Suicide rates are up alarmingly among middle-aged Americans. Uh, this is according to uh, the latest federal government statistics. They show a 28% rise in suicide rates for people aged 35 to 64 between 1999 and 2010. 28%. That's huge. And uh, we see it all around the world. Suicide rates going up because obviously the economy is down not only here, but everywhere. Uh, earlier this month, the Daily News, the New York Daily News wrote, the Great Recession may have been uh, at the root of a Great Depression that caused suicide rates to soar among middle-aged Americans. The annual suicide rate for adults aged 35 to 64 spiked in the past decade, according to a study from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In a shaky economy that nosedives into the worst financial crisis since the Depression may be the biggest reason why. Not sad. It, it's sad to think that people uh, get into such an economic situation uh, that killing themselves is the only way out. And many times this is done because they have life insurance policies. 
and they feel that if they're dead, uh, their family will at least get the life insurance money and, and, and be able to survive. That's a horrible thing to have to make that decision. And there's been a correlation between uh, the unemployment rate and the suicide rate. All the way going back to the 19th century. The higher the unemployment rate, the higher the suicide rate. And in uh, Europe, where the economy is uh, worse than it is here, we see even a higher suicide rate. In Greece, the suicide rate among men increased more than 24% from 2007 to 2009. In Ireland, during the same period, suicides among men rose more than 16%. In Italy, suicides motivated by economic difficulties have increased 52% to 187 in 2010, the most recent year for which statistics were available. And that's up from 123 in 2005. So it's, um, it's, it's sad. It's sad to say that we're in this situation right now. That people find out that better off dead uh, than alive because of economic realities. Right, let's talk about the stock market. stock market uh, continues to go higher regardless of what's happening in the economy itself. And, you know, we've said on this program many times before that that's a sign of inflation. It's a sign that the, the Federal Reserve is printing way too much money. And some of that money is flowing into the stock market. Every month, the Federal Reserve is printing $85 billion and buying treasury bonds and mortgage bonds uh, from the portfolios of the big investment banks like Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. And that money then is going into the stock market. And that's what's been supporting the stock market. So the stock market's been going up purely because of monetary stimulation. It's not based on economics. Uh, you just can't justify the stock market where it is at a record high when I just told you we have a record number of people on food stamps, record number of people on Medicaid, record number of people on Social Security disability, and a record stock market. That does not jive together. It really does not. Uh, and I believe that there, there's another crash coming. I think we're right where we were in early 2008 before everything took a dump. And I think there's a... Uh, a 75% chance that between now and year-end, we're going to have a very scary stock market decline. And there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. There's bubbles all over the place. There's a bubble in the stock market, and there's a bubble in the bond market. Well, what's a bubble? A bubble's when irrationality comes in and puts assets at prices that are unrealistic and unsustainable. And we have a bubble in the stock market, again, unjustified. Now people are buying the stock market, A, because it's the only game in town. They see it going up, and greed. You can't get a quarter of a percent in the bank. Uh, a 10-year treasury is paying you 2%. Uh, and you see the stock market's up 15% for the year. Hey, maybe I should put my money there. I'm missing. A, it's kind of like when you're, uh, your neighbors have a party uh, and you're not invited. And you have that envy. And that's why you, know, you, you have your own party. And that's what's going on with the stock market right now. And uh, even the Federal Reserve has uh, stated that we have an unsustainable bubble in stocks and bonds. Now, we certainly have um, a bubble in bonds. You have Treasury yields at the lowest in history. Think about it. Would you lend the United States government $10,000 or more for 10 years for 2% a year? It's unrealistic. It's ridiculous. And short-term maturities don't pay anything. So the federal government is pretty much able to borrow money almost for free right now. And why is that important? Because we have $17 trillion in debt. And if interest rates were higher, 
the 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 interest service on that debt would just be astronomical, and it's going higher. It's only a matter of time. We have seventeen trillion in debt. If interest rates go up one percent, that's another hundred and seventy-two billion dollars that goes out the door for interest service. Go up three percent, now you're at five hundred billion, half a trillion dollars more in interest expense, and we know the debt's going up. It's seventeen trillion now. It'll be twenty trillion in two years. It'll be twenty-five trillion in three years because of our budget deficit. We're never going to get our house in order. A lot of talk about it in Washington, but it's not going to happen. Do you really believe that we have the political will in this country to cut spending? It's not going to happen because we're in a situation now when half the people get a check from the government and are being supported by Big Brother. And they're going to vote people in that will continue giving them what they need. So that budget deficit is not going away anytime soon. Therefore, the Fed will, uh, will print more money, buy more of our debt as it comes due and has to be uh, reissued, and fund our deficit. And that's what they've been doing. And there's no way they're going to stop that. They can't stop it because there's no other buyers. At least there's no other buyers without interest rates going up tremendously. And that's the big risk that this country has right now is that we're going to see interest rates at 5 6 7 8%, and we'll see a trillion dollars a year going to interest service, wiping out virtually in the entire tax revenue of the country. And at that point, that's when we really have a currency crisis and a hyperinflationary event. All right, one more break, and then we have one more segment left in the program. You're listening to the Financial Position right here on Voice America. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There should be mandatory personal finance courses taught in both high school and college. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Financial illiteracy is the number one reason the average American has little 
or no net worth. America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you now. Give him a call at 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Lou. All right, before the break, we are talking about the stock market, how it seems to go up no matter what's going on, and that it really isn't justified based on economic factors. And um, I believe that there is at least a 75% chance that we're going to see a crash or a major correction in the market sometime between now and year's end. And I'm not the only one out there saying that. Uh, just last um, last month, I think it was, I saw uh, Peter Schiff um uh, on Fox Business, and he warned that we've got a much bigger collapse coming uh, than in 2008. And he said, I'm 100% confident that the crisis that we're going to have will be much worse than the one we had in 2008. And he's 100% sure of that. And Peter Schiff, you know, called the first crisis to his credit. Now, he's only one guy. Bill Gross. Uh, Bill Gross manages over $2 trillion for PIMCO. And he sees a credit supernova. That's his quote dead ahead there's a lot of money in the bond market and he feels that um bonds will be at risk when the federal reserve's cheap money uh, finally explodes in america's face bringing down the economy again he warns uh, investment banking which only a decade ago promoted small business development and transition to public markets now is dominated by leverage speculation and ponzi finance bernanke's ponzi finance is self-destructive lethal and massive Endless cheap money upsets the balance between credit expansion and real economic growth, resulting in diminishing returns, which is very bad news. Gary Schilling, Yale economist, uh, predicts a shocker, quote-unquote shocker, before the end of the year. Worse, because investors are paying little attention to weak and declining economies around the world and concentrating on the flood of money being created by central banks. And this is how these bubbles are formed. This money is printed, it finds its way into assets and pushes them up, whether they're bonds or stocks or gold or oil, what have you, real estate. Uh, the quote-unquote grand disconnect is driving up stocks while the zeal for yield amidst low interest rates benefited junk bonds and other low-quality debt. Wall Street's blowing a nasty new bubble, a repeat of the run-up to the 2008 crash. Next, um, Jeff Gunlock, he's the CEO of Double Line Capital, another bond guru. He sees, quote-unquote, kaboom ahead. Early, he predicted uh, the 2008 meltdown, just as I did. But now he says the real damage is yet to come. Quote, the first phase of the coming debacle consisted of a 27-year buildup of corporate, personal, and sovereign debt that lasted until 2008. Then cheap money, quote, finally toppled banks and pushed the global economy into recession, spurring governments and central banks to spend trillions of dollars to stimulate growth. Next, an ominous third phase, a bigger crash whose impact will far exceed the damage of 2008. So what is he buying? He's buying hard assets and sitting on a lot of cash, waiting to scoop up uh, more at fire sale prices. Uh, a few months ago, Investment News, their front page, it's so powerful you can hear sirens on a flashing warning in huge bold type. It says tick, tick, boom. They have 90,000 readers um, who are mostly professional advisors, and they, they trust iNews forecast, believe me. 
So this was the biggest warning since 2008. What will your client's portfolios look like when the bomb, bond bomb goes off? Not if, but when. Yes, they expect the bond bomb to explode soon. Um, and iNews sees extreme dangers for millions of Americans who have no idea what's about to happen to them. TikTok boom. Recently, David Stockman, he was uh, Reagan's budget director. He's probably the only one in Washington that's out there speaking truth. And he uh, came out and warned of an economic apocalypse dead ahead, arising from a rogue central bank that has abetted the Wall Street casino, crucified savers on a cross of zero interest rates, and fueled a global commodity bubble that erodes Main Street's living standards through rising food and energy prices, get out of the markets and hide out in cash. Now, David Stockman is not, you know, a slouch. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. Stockman's not merely warning of a crash ending the bull rally since 2009. This quote-unquote grand bubble has been building for 32 years since the Reagan Revolution. He's atoning for a generation of politicians with no moral compass. Quote, capitalism has morphed into a monopoly ruled by politicians who are serving a wealthy elite. Competition is a joke. Noriel Rubini, the famed uh, economist, uh, I believe he's from Colombia, he says, prepare for the perfect storm in an unstable world. Yes, prepare, prepare, prepare. Rubini told Slate.com, our world is a game of dominoes, any any one of which could put in motion a global collapse. Sooner or later, another ugly fight over debt, markets will become spooked with a significant amount of drag on the economy. And scanning the world's hot button triggers is uh, the Eurozone, China, Iran, Middle East, Pakistan. Oil markets, and uh, he's also known as Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom warns that the drums of actual war will beat harder, and any of these trends alone would be enough to stall global economic growth and tip us into reception. So again, there's a lot of things that could hurt this market, but most importantly, it's just the economic realities of a country that's just mired in debt, that sees very little growth, has huge budget deficits, a Federal Reserve that's printing money. I mean, $85, $85 billion a month. A billion is a thousand million. So $85 billion a month is 85000 million a month. It's being printed and pushed into the bond market and the stock market. If it wasn't for the Fed printing, we'd have rising interest rates and falling bond prices, a collapsing economy, and a collapsing stock market. And the Fed knows that. That's why any talk of them tapering off their stimulus or their quantitative easing, whatever you want to call it. It's just talk to soothe the market. It's not going to happen. Uh, I highly respect Jim Sinclair, who's uh, been around for a long time and called everything the 2008 crash, called the gold market and whatnot. And he basically says that the Fed will do quantitative easing to infinity, that that's the path we're on now, that there's no turning back at this point because there's nowhere, nowhere else to go. I mean, nobody else is going to buy our bonds, so he's got to do it. It's called monetizing the debt. Every nation does it at some point when they get to the point of deficit spending and huge debt. And Jeremy Grantham, okay, his firm manages $100 billion. He says America's growth and prosperity are gone forever. He focused on Richard Gordon's disturbing research. Is the U.S. economic growth over? Yes, says Grantham. The U.S. GDP growth rate is gone forever. 
For centuries before the Industrial Revolution, growth was under 1%. Then the growth trend till 1980 was a remarkable 3.4% a year for a full 100 years, driving the American dream. But after 1980, the trend began to slip. By, uh, it says Grantham, by over 1.5% from its peak in the 1960s and nearly 1% from the average of the last 30 years. By 2100, America's GDP growth will fall back to where it started before the Industrial Revolution to an annual rate less than 1%. Well, 2100 is still 70-something years from now. But people out there, people I respect, people who have called the 2008 crash are all coming out now and saying that it's going to be worse. So if you have a lot of money in the stock market and your 401k and mutual funds, now's the time at record highs to take those profits and move money to cash, gold, or some other alternative hard asset. Because what is coming, I believe and I agree, and I've said it on this program uh, many times, is that we are moving into a, a time that is unstable economically, geopolitically. And the things that are going on, we open up this program talking about the surveillance nation that we now live in. Uh, things are changing and are changing rapidly and are not changing for the better. And sooner or later, treasury bonds and the U.S. stock market and world stock markets are going to pay the price. And that price is going to be another financial crash. And this time, it's not going to be one that's going to be better a year later, like the markets recovered uh, in 2009. This time, we're going to be entering what I believe is going to be the worst reset, uh, depression that the country has ever experienced. And it's not only going to be here. It's going to be throughout the entire uh, Western world and to some extent uh, even beyond that. But certainly the Western world is going to see an economic apocalypse like we've never seen before. And I hate to be the one to give such negative news, but you still have a time to prepare for it. And the way to prepare for it is to become more conservative, put some money in some hard assets, have some money um, for emergencies, and to live a responsible uh, financial life. All right, that's the end of our program. It goes so fast here on The Financial Physician. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, my email address is lou at thefinancialphysician.com. And uh, remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com. Visit my blog each and every day. And have a wonderful week. And please join me next Monday and every Monday for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 